Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey guys, welcome back. Tuesday, September 14th. Uh, John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter. And uh, hey, Cliff. Hello, John. And uh, Cliff and I have a guest today to talk about a very interesting topic about 5G, China, world domination and all that. Uh, John Pelson. Uh, John is an well old friend of the extended family, old friend of my uh, cousin Mark, who, uh, who, is, who is also the guy who got us Adam Schiff on the show. Mark seems to know everybody who matters. At some and, point, we're uh, going to need a chart of all of John's cousins and everything laid well, out. Same, for us. same cousin, though. Same cousin. He just, you need a chart of who he knows. Um, so, Nick, 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 Nick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's the Greek side. <laughs> correct. Um, so, yes. anyway, so John, John Pelson, uh, telecom exec, exec of 25 years, worked for Lucent, British Telecom, Nextel. I believe, John, I saw in your bio, you had also, did you, you actually had worked in China or you worked in Asia at least on telecom? I, I, I did with Lucent. Uh, I did work uh, in Beijing uh, more typically. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And um, you've got a new book out, "Wireless Wars: uh, China's Dangerous Domination of 5G and How We're Fighting Back." Well, I guess, and if we're fighting back, um, you know, why don't you? I was going to say do an overlay of the issue first, but could you also step back and tell people what is 5G? Because I don't. I mean, I know, but I don't actually know. You know what? Is, I think you, me too. I kind of know it's better, but like it's like a faster it. cell phone service than 4G but, or maybe LTE. What is it? Sure, and th- and this is a really important part of it because you, you have succeeding generations of wireless telephones, uh, cellular, 2G, 3G, 4G, and typically what they've meant is each one's a little bit faster bandwidth, right. a little more bandwidth, a little better able to do uh, internet. So you know, 2G you could do messaging, 3G you could get on the internet. But it was slow. 4G, you could start to do you know, video, and, uh, and it was really more of a real live connection. 5G is different, though. Uh, even though the, the marketing you hear say, oh, it's 100 times faster than 4G, it, it's not really, and it doesn't matter anyway. That's not what it's about. Hmm. 5G, the key thing about it is that it enables you to connect everything very, very quickly. There's, no, uh, there's something called latency, which is just the lag when you're doing a connection. If you're just chatting with someone or surf clicking on the internet, it, it doesn't really matter. But if you're trying to do remote surgery, or if you're um, certainly gamers would know this, you don't want that lag. But is but, uh, latency latency is what we see on TV interviews, right? When they're abroad, or frankly, isn't it what we had with uh, phone calls to Europe when we were kids? Exactly. You know, or like and, and, lag a second. Right. If it lags a second or two, you feel it. If you're um, if you're downloading a file, you don't care about it. If you're uh, on a website, maybe you want to have under a second of latency right. or else it gets uncomfortable. If you're gaming, you might want to be under a tenth right. of a second or less. Right. If you're controlling a factory machine so that it doesn't pull a worker in when he gets too close, you may want to be faster than that. And of course, hmm. things like surgery or uh, or other, like a, a farm drone yeah. that's looking for a bug and the instant it sees it needs to spray it. Right. Well, you may need a thousandth of a second latency here. It's not going to work. Okay. 5G so in a way, it's kind of like, that. John, when you're in Chicago, it's like our podcast. 
Well, you know, it's funny, as, as Pelson was saying that I was thinking, because Cliff and I still have a touch of late, of late, even now we have a touch of latency on the show, but it's like, what do you do? But it is annoying when you've got oh, it's any much worse, of- though, for when you're in Chicago and like, like there's yeah. like a, a few times where it'd be like a second delay. And, I mean, it would just. Yeah. Uh, well, in other case. words, you, you can't do sort of synchronous activities when or when right. two things are happening at the same time. It gets very confusing when you when you have latency. So that's right. And, and if you're doing something like a. a virtual reality simulation like a lot of companies are starting to use 5g now for training hmm. what they find is if you do 4g you have enough bandwidth but that fraction of a second lag between a movement and a reaction people start to get car sick and oh, uh, so i had that you- happen with a, um, huh. a virtual reality demonstration we had when i was working at the un and it was very cool i don't, I don't even remember now what it was but i remember I was nauseous for two hours. Another guy at the UN, a senior guy, had the same problem I had. He was like sick for two hours. Nobody else had it. But but there were a couple of us who just got nauseous from the thing. That, yeah, that was because of the latency? Exactly. If there's that slight lag, you don't even detect it, but your your body the senses it. Knows what's going on. Exactly. Okay, so so continue that. That's weird, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So so 5G, the important difference is that instead of just being a better cellular, 5G is going to change the way everything is done. So banking is going to be done, financial transactions through 5G. It's already starting. Uh, the way factories are run, a lot of them have sensors in them. They tend to be wired because of the reliability they need. But factories are also becoming more dynamic. They want to be able to realign them, reconfigure them. And and everyone knows they're going to have to go to 5G sensors. But this also means instead of having 20 or 30 connections in a factory, you might have 20,000. Every component might have multiple sensors on it. You can have farms that are run on this. Warfighters in the field, the military uses public networks and they use off-the-shelf cellular for a lot of their work. And 5G is going to become a really important part of the networked uh, battle. And right. And so 5G is not just better 4G. It really is going to become intrinsic to everything. Power grids are going to be using, and they already are starting. They're going to use 5G sensors to let let the operators know if there's a problem or whether they have an overload or whether there's an issue that has to be addressed. And so 5G becomes a part of the attack surface, a big attack surface for somebody who wants to disrupt uh, someone else. And that's why it becomes more than just a, a telecom issue. Okay. I got to say, just listening to it, I'm getting serious Skynet vibes here. <laughs> you're, you're not kidding. Terminator, yeah. yeah. I had uh, no idea, actually. I really did not realize. I was just assuming it was faster. Like, you know, 3G kind of sucked. And when we got 4G, all of a sudden, I could actually surf the web okay on my phone and, you know, things like that. But I didn't realize it was such a difference in terms of it's not, it's not just the speed question. Very interesting. Well, you can go back 20 years when uh, Vice President Cheney got a pacemaker it right. had a wireless component to it, so it could be modified or controlled without having to go in surgically. Right. And his doctors uh, deactivated that because they realized that it was possible to remotely <laughs> hack a system yeah. and turn the thing off. I actually remember that. Yeah. I remember that being discussed that that was a worry. And I was that like, was Jesus. on one of my TV shows. I forgot what it was, but they went yeah. after the vice president. And yeah, what was him. it? I saw that show, too. They killed it him in 24, the... was it? But they blackmailed somebody and... I... I, I, I think do- you're, you're right. A, a TV show then took that and ran with it. Yeah. It may have been uh, Designated Survivor. I saw. Uh, I think it might have been that. I watched Designated Survivor too. So I'm, I mean, at least the first season. It was one of them. Yeah, they killed the VP by getting the codes to his uh, his pacemaker frequency. 
Yeah, I think it may have been it may have been designated survivor. That's, I mean, my God, yeah. Wow. Okay, so. wow. that's right. And and everybody who has an insulin pump hmm. or a pacemaker or anything like this uh, defibrillator, uh, you're you're going to be networked and probably through five G. I had no idea. The thing is, I had no idea when we worried about hacking. Granted, I worry about my computer, but otherwise, you know, people say I should worry about my Nest thermostat. And I'm like, what? Somebody's going to come in and change my temperature. You know what I mean? I just it I never realized things, medical things like this were interconnected. We're, we're you know, part of the Internet of Things, as they call it. That's terrible. Well, and I'll just throw in like, I mean, we all got this reminder yesterday, right? Where with the article on on Apple <laughs> and on your iPhones and everything about the the Israeli spy company or whatever, you know where everybody's like oh my god and people are like rushing to update their software it's like it's just another reminder of the world we're in actually you know? for those out there if you don't know what we're talking about if you have an <laughs> iPhone you need to do a security update asap on it that's what Cliff is yes. talking about <laughs> yeah I, I, it, um, yeah go ahead sorry John go just to say you're all vulnerable you have an iPhone yeah now picture this you have a nearly a billion and a half people in China and every phone they have, no matter whether it's an iPhone or anything else is vulnerable by design. Uh, you are required to use face unlock to register your cell phone in China. Right. right. And oh. they will stop you on the street and say, where's your phone? And you better have a phone on you. Uh, it's not so that if you have trouble, so you're required to have a phone. They will stop you, and I've had this from wow. multiple accounts. They'll stop you and say, "Where's your phone?" If you don't have a phone, it's not that they want your, you know, to be able to reach your mom if you have a problem. They want to be able to know where you are and what you're doing. And, and this you're isn't just you. this isn't just COVID related. This was pre pre COVID, I'm assuming, or other. Well, things. it's it's funny. I opened the book Wireless Wars. The 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 prologue talks about how when COVID hit, uh, China developed an app that would let the government know where people were, if they were meeting with people that had been exposed to COVID, <laughs> yeah. if, if they had purchased cold medicine, Close to Western ideas, but go on. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I had a person I know that was living over there said, it's fantastic. They got this app designed and developed and rolled out in just two weeks. Oh God. I said, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, call it 10 years. They've probably been working on it. It's probably oh been in God. place for five or six years now. They, yeah. they just told you about it. That's all that changed. Oh my God. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. Wow. wow. So, so take us then to, um, I mean, I think so. Okay. We get 5g, we get why it's important. We also get sort of the hackability and all of that. How does this then tie in with, uh, the Chinese company? I asked John even how to pronounce it. Cause I've known of the company, never knew how to pronounce it. Huawei, I guess H U A W E I, I believe. I didn't know either. Yeah. 
That, that's right. So who, you have this, this company and how does this all tie together? It, it is a relatively new company. So you've got, you know, Bell Labs, AT&T invented cellular about 60 years ago, 70 years ago. Oh. Uh, and by 1980 had kind of developed what we think of as mobile phones with cell sites along the road and all. Hmm. Uh, nine, in the late 90s, Huawei was formed uh, by a, a former low-level person in the Chinese military. I don't buy the argument that it's uh, the company is is linked to, to the Chinese military. Every technology company is linked to it, home country's military. That's that's okay. That's expected. Uh, the uh, the company though grew from a, about a five thousand dollar investment to a hundred and twenty billion dollar a year equipment company. In, in a very short time. This isn't like Google growing where it, it's kind of a hyperscale design. This is a company that has to build boxes, bend metal, you know, stick chips on a, on a board and, and ship it. So 120 billion, that's about five or six times bigger than the next biggest uh, telecom equipment company. Right now that's Ericsson and Nokia. Those are the last guys standing. The entire American industry went broke. The companies that invented it went to China to make it cheap found their technology was gone and their market was gone. And so Nortel, Motorola, Lucent all went bust. And really the last man standing is a Chinese company. Typically, you wouldn't care about that. I mean, if if the last company making wine is French, all right, you're going to be drinking French wine. It's okay. Uh, you know, you're getting all your avocados from Mexico. Uh, it doesn't worry you because if Mexico says we're cutting off the supply, then there's going to be a guacamole shortage you're going to have to stick to salsa. It's okay. Right. But when a Chinese controlled company becomes the, really the primary, almost the sole supplier of a vital supply chain item, like communications equipment, suddenly you have to say, can we trust China to not do anything to hurt us? Well, quick, can I just step back? So, I mean, so when the U.S. is building 5G, what connection to China then is there with that? I mean, literally all the equipment is coming from China or how does that actually work? Well, the way when, when I started writing the book uh, about a year and a half ago, it looked like Huawei was going to have the entire world market for 5G, including in the U.S. We were the right. last one kind of holding out. Uh, England, uh, UK had decided to go ahead with Huawei deployments, Germany, France, everyone was because it's so cheap and it works well. Right. U.S. was holding out. And we were trying to pressure the rest of the world to to stop deploying Huawei. Uh what I learned speaking to counter intel officers at the FBI, and this is where I started to get scared, as hmm. I said, well, you know, Huawei really hasn't put much in in the US, they can't get contracts with Sprint or, or AT&T or Verizon. They're just in some rural areas. That's all they can get. Right. And he said, have you looked at where they've deployed in the rural areas? And I said, no, I, I wouldn't know how to do that. So I, I went into, uh, I got a phone call, said, can you meet me? Uh, in McLean, Virginia. I said, sure. Yeah. And I'm going to a coffee shop there. And as I'm looking for a parking spot, I'm stopped. And my door opens and this guy st- sits down in the car with me. And he hands me a folder and says, I got to get back to work. <laughs> get out. Yeah. And I, and I open it up. It's a, it's a folder with a map of where Huawei has deployed their towers. Right. And uh, I sent him a notice. And that is the worst dead drop ever. <laughs> he said, first of all, it's a live drop because we were both there. And second of all, <laughs> if that was a live drop, I wouldn't have met you in McLean, not at a coffee yeah. shop, and I would not be sitting in your car. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not trained in spycraft. Exactly. <laughs> but he also said it's unclassified. Everything I gave you is right, public. Right, right, right. But here's what he told me. They've deployed their towers around America's nuclear missile bases and special operations locations. And I looked at it, and it's true. Huh. It, could it be an odd coincidence that uh, that Montana is of great interest to Huawei? They basically have given the gear to the small local carriers that cover areas that Verizon won't go, but they're looking down on all the bases. So that part, that part is scary. And what I'm sorry, but what exactly do they install? Are these five G towers or whatever, or what? What are they? These are the cellular towers that you see along the highway. They, yeah. So far, they've been four G, three G, and four G, and and, oh. and Huawei equipment. So the radios, the antennas, the switches down at the bottom of the tower, Huawei gear, and now as companies switch over to five G, there's that same uh, right. risk if it's Huawei equipment. And are we worried that they're listening in or that they eventually could just shut everything down if things go bad? It's both. Uh, could they listen in? Well, they could. Uh, you, you can argue, well, what if we encrypt communications or if it's digital? Uh, if it's digitally encrypted, then they can't listen in. Well, even if they can't, they have to keep their hands on those machines. So one of the things that they could see that is not encrypted is what's called the metadata. So it means... Who's talking on the phone to whom? Right. How long are they talking? Who's even on the base? They know by running the tower, right. every phone that registers. Yep. Yep. And that's that's important information. If they say, hey, wait a minute, there's one guy has gone to six bases in four days. That means they're zipping this guy around on a on a Pentagon jet. Something important is going on. Let's see who else right. that phone number has been with. Uh, the other thing they can do, anyone who's controlling a network has the ability to disrupt it. They can say, oh, we got bottlenecks. And you say, well, yeah, well, the, the network's run by an operator, by this, you know, the local phone company there. Yeah, but the, the company that built the boxes, they can't let go of them because they have to do things like update them, security patches. So this Apple patch, no one is going to stop and check and make sure that Apple patch is legit because they trust that Apple's at least doing its best to fix this. You may not trust them and always do the right thing, but at least they're going to try to not screw over their own customers. So here you have to say, can we trust that China, when they're doing a patch on a uh, on a cell site, that it's making it better, not worse? Right. And I mean, I would say the first part of what you said, I mean, there's so many people for different sort of um, programs. I mean, you think of spying, but there's many others too that are trained in, you know, like, if they have access to this network and they're tracing exactly what you said, somebody with the Pentagon flying around, I mean, these guys learn to see patterns, right? I mean, they can start figuring out a whole lot of information from by connecting dots that they're getting. It, it, exactly. And if you take a country like Afghanistan, where Chinese network equipment is really common, uh, may, maybe, uh, from my understanding, is maybe dominant there. Uh, if they get a list of the personnel associated with the United States and Afghanistan. They can match that to the phone numbers and, and phone IDs assigned to each one. And then they can use artificial intelligence to say, okay, this guy's walking down the street. He passes by 500 different phones over the course of an afternoon, just people going every which way. But you have all this processing power can say, wait a minute, one of those phone numbers has passed by him six times in the last six days. 
that doesn't seem like a coincidence. There may be, I mean, they may do a perfect uh, pass in communication for an interpreter or an informant or someone right. in Afghanistan working with the Americans. Right. They think we're un- undiscoverable. But if you control the telecom network, you can figure out the guy met him in a cafe, sat next to him in a cafe at three different times in three different parts of the city. That's unlikely. Or the live, live drops, as you were saying, all of a sudden you start to put together live drops. That's, that's right. And if you really want to dig into it, you can find even a dead drop because you can say, all right, now let's see if there's any other oh. connections between these two yep. people. Yep. They both have been in the same spot yep. 20 minutes apart. Yeah. Yep. Not not even at the Repeat same it repeatedly. time. Right. It, exactly. And it's a very powerful tool. And it, it, it sounds like science fiction or it sounds like a, a spy novel. But if you've got a, a country that has demonstrated a real competence at penetrating its geopolitical foes, and now they've got a tool to do it. So, okay. So then what's – now, you initially started talking, though, about there were just China had – you know, some towers in some of these rural areas, though they are close to nuclear you know, missile sites, which is scary. Um, what's going on with the rest of 5G being built out in America? Is China now also then have their hands in that too with Huawei? Well, so so Congress has actually finally stepped up to, to uh, block Huawei from deploying in the U.S. and even tear out the gear that they have installed. And this was oh, absolutely unexpected, unprecedented. Uh, you know, things were going full speed the other direction. Now, it, it sort of, it solves one problem, but from the, the market, it leaves a different problem, which is if you don't put in Huawei's 5G, it means you're going with second best, whether it's Ericsson or Nokia or something else. You, you can't just say the plan is to not use the good stuff because that means if China's using its own gear and if Europe's using it and Germany's using it, America actually really will fall behind. Our factories become less productive and less efficient. Right. Even our cities. I mean, traffic is being controlled this way. P- power is being delivered this way. And America is going to be worse than everyone else in the world right. because Huawei really does make the best stuff right now. Hmm. This, this is why countries are reluctant to give it up. Africa, Latin America, a lot of Asia, a lot of Eastern Europe are all in for Huawei. They're hmm. company shops now. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented Podcast. To hear the rest of the show and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode.